0: Hello, you are listening to the Treadweary podcast, the audio arm of treadweary.com, where we gather around the Word of God to hear what it is that God has done for us, so that we might receive from Him the gifts of His grace and mercy. Join Pastor Smee as we take a look at the text coming up for us this following Sunday to hear what it is that God has to tell us, and to open our hearts and our minds as we prepare to worship together. Well, greetings, church. I hope you are doing well this week as it's now Thursday and we are gathering around the Word. Again, we're going to be taking a look at a reading from Romans, which is a rather long reading. But uh, first, before we do that, we of course have our psalm that we read yesterday. That is our psalm for Sunday, which is from Psalm from Psalm 22. This, this call to give praise to God and to pass it on to future generations. So, let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly before those who fear you i will fulfill my vows the poor will eat and be satisfied those who seek the lord will praise him may your hearts live forever all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him for dominion belongs to the lord and he rules over the nations all the rich of the earth will feast and worship all who go down to the dust will kneel before him those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The call to, to sound it forth to the future generations, he has done it. What has the Lord done for you? And how do we pass that on? To tell the future generations. He has done it. Well, our reading from Romans 4, verses 13 through 25. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so because the father The words that was credited to him were written not for him alone but also for us to whom god will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised jesus our lord from the dead he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification this is the word of the lord thanks be to god there is so much meat here that we could do a whole sermon series on this for like three months and we would never be able to to scratch the surface but it's this calling back to our first reading that we had on Tuesday uh, out out of Genesis and what Paul is talking about here is he says it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world but through the righteousness that comes by faith a promise is something that you say I promise that I will do this If if a promise is connected to law meaning through transaction meaning through I will do this if you will do that It's no longer a promise, because a promise says, this is going to happen. I'm going to do this. I promise you I'm going to do this. Whereas an if-then relationship, it turns into a contract. And if one or the other does not fulfill the contract, that contract is broken. There's no promise there. There's nothing to hold on to there. But the promise comes to us in the covenant that God makes, where he says to Abraham, who, remember, did not have very many kids. Remember that? I'm going to make you the father of many nations. In this land that you are sojourning in, that you're an alien in, I'm going to give to them. He never saw the fulfillment of that promise. A promise is something that comes to us and we hold to it and we and we hold the promise keeper to account that that will be what he is going to do. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless. Meaning that faith is something that trusts that what a pr- promise keeper tells us is going to happen, that he's speaking the truth. And that is where faith comes in for us. And here it it is dealing with this promise of a father of many nations. Uh, And it says, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace. and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, meaning that we're all made offspring of him through our faith, Paul says. That, that, that it is, is through trusting that God is who he says he is and God is going to do what he says he's going to do or did. We trust that to be true. We hold him account to that through our faith. We, we trust him to be trustworthy. And, and that is what Abraham did in the sense that it says it was credited to him as righteousness for trusting. And so it is for us. In trusting certain things, for instance, that, that any righteousness that we try to have of our own doesn't matter that the righteousness that we have is not our own it's an alien righteousness it's a righteousness that's given to us by Christ the one who was given over for our sins right that's what it says here in verse 25 he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification meaning that our righteousness lies completely and solely in Christ and that the promise that we have is that two-part promise One, that every sin that you and I commit has already already been handled, that has already been covered in Christ. And so any attempt that I try to make to justify myself by, say, for instance, well, I better be a good person today, or I need to go and do this good deed, or I I better spend all day in prayer today or else God forgive me, or, or anything like that that starts to supersede what it is that Christ has done. We start to say, Jesus and, and we put something there. It doesn't matter what it is, unless it's a zero. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything, is how the equation works. The gospel being the fact that I am a messed up sinner, and Christ is a great savior, that he has taken my mess and taken it upon himself, and he's reorganized my mess and given me that order, which is my justification, meaning my being declared righteous. It's, the, the word is that which would be used in a court of law in which the not guilty verdict is passed down, declaring that someone is not guilty, that they're not guilty of what it is that they have done, even though maybe they absolutely were caught red-handed, but they had a good defense attorney who got them off, If the jury comes back and says you're not guilty, you're not guilty. And there's nothing you can do about it. You've been declared righteous. And that's what happens with Christ. The Holy Spirit being our advocate before God saying, these these ones have been covered in the blood of Christ. And that's where our faith comes in, our trusting that comes in, our trust that the promise of God found in Jesus dying on that cross is enough for us. And that we hold to that. Because otherwise all our other sins that come in to our lives uh, are our attempts to try and replace Jesus with something. Try to deny that that is what we need. And so unless we have a promise given to us that we have to trust in, faith is pointless. And unless that promise gives us something that we can't get on our own, then hope is pointless. Because hope trusts by faith that whatever it is we're told is going to be will be and here that promise for instance is the god who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not part of the promise that abraham held on to was that god is an everlasting god who raises the dead and that abraham will one day be raised we will see him and he will know the full flavor of the good taste of god's goodness in jesus christ Let us pray. O God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ, that we may gladly suffer shame and the loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.